Have you ever wondered how to show up as your best version of yourself no matter what life throws at you? You are not alone. I've spent the last 6 years on the comeback trail after getting fired as a burned out workaholic who missed her first candlelight wedding anniversary. When life gets tough, there's always a choice. Give up or show up. So how do you forge an inspiring leadership without the overwhelm completely from scratch? Join me in my quest to bring you the stories, strategies and tips you need to inspire you to succeed. I am Priyanka Khandalkar and this is Show Up with Priyanka. Welcome everyone to yet another episode with amazing guest today. This is your host Priyanka Khandalkar and today's guest is Michael Solomon and Rishan Blumberg. They both have been here before. So I will put the episode uh, in the show notes when they came the last time and they spoke about how to attract retained clients and their amazing book. Uh in today's episode we will be talking all about how to prepare yourself for the next level of acquiring your new projects. So let me tell you a little bit more about Michael and Rishan. Michael and Rishan have collectively co-founded three for-profit and three not-for-profit companies. In September they published their first book Game Changer How to Beat 10x in the Talent Economy via HarperCollins which distills the lesson of having managed talent across many fields. Welcome Rishan, welcome Michael, welcome back to the show. Thank Glad you to be so back. much for having us back. Thank you. And there was one thing Michael and Rishan I really missed asking you in the last interview and I wanted to like ask you during this time. It is like you both are the co-founders. So I would love to know who plays the role of visionary and who plays the role of that operation integrator the right hand. Oh, I can definitely jump with this. Michael is the visionary. He's he's definitely the idea man. Um I play I tend to play in that role I tend to play devil's advocate. So like he may have an idea and I'll be like these are the reasons why I don't think this will work and then we'll hash <laughs> it back and forth. And then when we don't really have something that we can hash back and forth, we know we've got a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. Um we both play a lot of the tactical role, sort of the COO role. Mm-hmm. Um I probably play like a little bit more of the CFO role. I think mm-hmm. we both play or are involved in the COO elements of it. Um mm-hmm. but we do believe in working together but also divide and conquer. So we try to carve out little areas where, you know, we can work independently so that we're not stepping on each other's toes all the time. Um this wasn't necessarily what you're asking, but what what has come out of being a partner with somebody for so long because we've been partners now for I think 26 years um is you learn a shorthand for communication and the importance for very good communication and I think that that's been really foundational for us and has really helped us be successful both in the partnership and successful in business. Michael you want to add anything to that? Um the only thing I was going to add is I think that what Rashan mentioned about dividing and conquering is really important. So mm-hmm. when we started the company we were 25 years old and we duked it out on every single decision small and large. Mm-hmm. Um and 
I mean, overall, I, don't, I think we learned a lot over the years about prioritizing and figuring out what mattered and what didn't. didn't. Mm-hmm. But as we separated and when we when we founded 10X and we separated the, the, the division of labor even more, things got more and more smooth. And the, the things that we ended up discussing were the bigger things that actually really mattered that is that are appropriate for two founders to talk about. Um, and that was a really big learn for us over, over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing that I'll say for, for founders who are in partnerships is they ebb and flow. There are, I don't mean like a week, there are years <laughs> that he works way harder than I do. And there are years mm-hmm. that I work way harder than, than he does. And if you're constantly having a yardstick out measuring who did what, that's mm-hmm. not a good partnership. That is not mm-hmm. how you want to do that. You want to have trust and know that it will, it will, I, you know, I think it balances out really well over time, mm-hmm. but you have to trust in that. Well, it's, it's interesting. Sorry, sorry to go down the rabbit hole here a little bit, but <laughs> you know, I'll talk about the, the, you sort of the two headed monster that we are. Michael really loves to have his day filled up with stuff. Like he seeks out things to do. Um, and I think that he, you know, he gets involved with a lot of philanthropic organizations and, mm-hmm. um, you know, so there are a lot of things that take up his day. I, on the other hand, tend to like to have more space in my day so I can think about and, and process certain things um, from a strategy standpoint. One way isn't right or one way is wrong, but I think that speaks to kind of the ebb and flow stuff Michael was talking about, where you may have partners that have different work styles, or you may have somebody on your team who has a different work style. It doesn't mean that their work style is wrong or somebody else's is right. Um, And that's really the key to good management is understanding that, oh, Rashawn needs to have his day a little bit more spaced out. He doesn't want to go from call to call to call or meeting, meeting to meeting. Um, Whereas Michael, you know, he's, he's pretty happy to have call to call to call to meeting to meeting to meeting and feel like he's really busy. Um, (laughs) maybe, maybe, maybe less so now, but, but that's the key to good management, right. Is to Mm -hmm. understand who these people are and provide Mm -hmm. them the tools and space. That wasn't really the question you asked initially, but we went there. So (laughs) it looks like you both wear hats, right? Each like, looks like Vishan, you wear a lot of CFO, COO, but also Michael like step in whenever needed. So do you have a system in place? Like whenever a new ideas come up, like making sure like you're strategically like really like looking at it, like looking at like, like I normally, when I work with my CEOs, I normally like have a strategic mapping. Like we do like a planning, business planning and look at the vision and mission and trying to really align. Like, is this idea aligning with what we want to do in the next quarter? So how is your process like? We do a lot of that by setting goals for the year. That's part of our budgeting process, but really setting very specific goals for the year. And then those overarching goals get broken down into quarterly OKRs, which is objectives and key results for those not familiar. You can mm-hmm. Google that if you're, if you're not familiar with that, how that works. And then from there, so that's a quarterly exercise. And then from there, we do a weekly all hands call with, mm-hmm. our, with our core team where we set weekly goals. Um, and each call we do a review of how did I do on my last week's goals and what are my next week's goals? And we attempt, sometimes more successfully than others, to keep those weekly goals geared around what our OKRs are. So we're all moving in the same direction, going for the same for the same for the for the same outcomes. Occasionally, we we stray from that, but that's part of you know the process of getting better. Um, and 
I think that it's been really effective for people. And the other thing that I'll add to that is our weekly goal planning process includes three personal goals as well as the professional goals. Because we, you know, you, you, we, we mentioned in the last episode about the core values that we have as a company, and it's really important to live those core values. If you take, if you make that document, you put away it in a drawer and you forget about it, it's not really your core values. You have to be constantly checking that you're doing that. So by making sure that people's personal goals are included with their professional goals each week, we know we're, we're making sure that the, the work-life balance and, and personal lives matters, matters equation is being, is being factored in. So awesome. I think yeah, I mean, I, I was just going to say communication, right? Communication oh, yes. is, is, it the, is it the underpinning of everything we do? So mm-hmm. we do all those things that Michael said. We have the annual goals. We have the quarterly goals. We have the weekly goals calls. But things come up on a daily basis, right? And so mm-hmm. we try to communicate through a number of different channels. It's Slack. It's, it's text. It's phone. It's email. You know, there are all these different ways that we communicate various things that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, little adjustments here or there. So that that's really been the key. And that, you know, goes back to the discussion of the partnership. It, you know, when you are partners with somebody and that goes beyond just two people like Michael and myself, when you're partners on a team, when you're partners within a company, you have to really communicate effectively and make the other person aware or other members of your team aware of what's going on because they may give a great insight, they may have a comment, and at the very least, they're in the loop so that they know what's happening. Makes sense. So, Rishan and Michael, like how your team has evolved from the time you started? Like, how, what is the number of team members right now in the team? Like, how has it evolved, evolved as you have? Right. Uh, so I mean, the structure of the team, the structure of the team is pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, have sort of different areas and sectors within the company. We have agents who handle the, the clients and the customers and the relationships there. We have people that deal with marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have people that deal with, um, you know, operational elements. Mm-hmm. Um, we have people that deal with the technology side of it. So, you know, between freelancers um, and full-time employees, we're probably about 15 or so. Mm-hmm. Um the company has grown in size a little bit, but really the functions of each of those different areas has remained the same. And part of the reason for that is that, you know, we've had this company brick wall management for 25 plus years. It's almost, it'll be 26 years. I think at some point coming up very soon. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we really have had a good sense of how to structure an office in order to identify the areas of coverage that are needed um, and the division of labor Um, And we also believe in promoting from within a lot so that we tend to have people that get pretty well trained into positions before they have to start there. Um, So, you know, that's been really effective for us. Um, I I can't say that that is going to be consistent through a lot of other companies, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're in a startup, you're really ramping up very quickly. You know, Mm -hmm. blitz scaling, we are not a blitz scaling company where we're going from zero to a thousand overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, we are a, you know, boutique size company and intentionally so, um, we've always put quality before quantity. So that, that's sort of our own internal methodology. I love that. So I would love to dive into understanding what made you write your book game changer, because that is something, and you, you talk about like, the talent piece, right? I think in the book, the first part, it's all about how to tell, like how to attract 
retain the talent. And then you talk about the 10x piece of like how as an individual you can become that 10x. So I would like to understand like how it aligns with the goals we were talking about as a company, Michael and Rishan, like your goal for this whole year, how the book aligns with that. Like I would love to understand like what was the, how the book played in your goal. So one of the things that gets in the way of, of our growth as a company is um, larger companies, often enterprise companies that mm-hmm. don't, don't know how to be nimble and, they, and they've lost the ability over the years to operate quickly, easily. Um, and, and what ends up happening is somebody in one of those companies, usually on, on a, on, in a department that, that's often called the lab group or the innovation group, will find us They'll ask us for a, a specific kind of person. We'll show them someone. They'll be like, they'll say, that's exactly who we want. That's great. And then they'll say to HR, make this work. Mm-hmm. And that's where it all falls apart. The HR department says they're not an approved vendor. That person is going to work remotely. We're only set up for on-site. Obviously, that's all changed a little in, in the last year. But there's all kinds of obstacles that get in the way. We're, we have 90-day payment terms. You know, an individual freelancer doesn't want to be paid in four months for the work they did today. That's not how their life goes. And so we saw this opportunity to take the knowledge that we had learned from managing talent from, you know, musical talent, directorial talent, entrepreneurial talent, and tech talent, um, and, and seeing the lessons about how they apply to companies now. Because companies were still thinking about their process and their people a little bit more, you know, even the term human resource mm. doesn't exactly speak to talent or the human. Yes, it has the word humanity in it or human in it, but resource is not really how you think of a human being. It's not a resource. Yes, in a company that is part of your part, one of your assets or it's, one of your, it's factually correct. It's factually <laughs> correct. It is not, it is not the the right kind of message. And we 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 really wrote this very much with the idea of. Helping understand, helping companies understand. If you want to have these people, these ten Xers in your company, then you have to change the way you're doing business and the way you're thinking. And if you don't think you need these people, we had we had to you know sort of have a part of the book to explain why these people are so important and why you want them and why many of them won't take a full time job at your company because they don't have to and they want to live life on their own terms. Mm -hmm. So this was a this was a, a way of trying to get companies. To, to really start to understand how they have to think differently and behave differently in order to attract, hire, retain, manage that kind of talent. Um, and then the flip side, the second half of the book is if you want to be that talent, if you want to be 10X, I still want to be 10X and I'm not, I'm, you know, moving in the right direction slowly. Um, you know, maybe by the time I, I get to be really old, I can be, you know, eight and a half X, but if you want that, there are steps you can take and there's behaviors that you can practice to move yourself more in the direction of being 10X. And that's really the the, the place that we wrote the book from. Sean probably is going to add something. But. I mean, what I was going to say is that um, when we were working on the entertainment side only, our role was really to be behind the scenes and putting our artists and our talent way in front of us. Mm-hmm. When we started 10X Management, it was really sort of a trailblazing thing where there there didn't, this concept didn't exist. A tech talent agency, mm. there was no such thing. The idea that you would have to talk to somebody's agent, 
in order to bring them on board. It, it didn't exist. So from a very early, from the very early days in 2011, we've been sort of proselytizing and preaching what it is we're trying to do and trying to educate the marketplace. Now the marketplace has caught up significantly. Um, today mm-hmm. we don't we don't encounter any of the same kind of like weird looks and, and strange questions that we got in 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. Um, but the market still has not caught up. So we've continued to be out there speaking and preaching about these things for a long time. And a book for us just seemed like the next step, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the motivation really was about answering people's objections to things like, why do we need to do this? Why do we need to do it this way? Why do we need to change these things? Why are we running into these problems? Um, both on the company side and on the individual side. You know, I, I think we're going to touch on this a little bit in this conversation, but the work world has changed dramatically over the last mm-hmm. 15 years. Um, and over the last hundred years, it is unrecognizable, right? So people have to make changes for to be to be relevant in the future workforce. And so all of these things were real, really the motivations behind the book. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rishan. Like I think I that really gives us a perspective, like what to find in the book and how it can help you to become a become at really good at like hiring and like also making sure that hiring is just not the piece, right? We need to make Correct. sure as a company, we are set up to hire them because sometimes people hire to like, uh, what do you call to hire to like, uh, take away certain things from them, delegate certain things. And they think like their life will be easier, but actually hiring is also like bringing in more money in the way of like people coming in and like leveraging them to grow as a company, but not like really to like, uh, really to like reduce anything. Like sometimes uh, CEOs get scared, right? They get scared, like things are falling apart and then they just hire, but they are not even aware of what are the rules and responsibilities. And we were talking about this in the last discussion, how to make sure that you clarify that in the scope of what is the rules and responsibilities are. Um, so bringing back to the, one of the things we were talking about was uh, like having a 10X personality, uh, like building that personality. I would love to know, like, what are you seeing in the trends of job hiring right now? Is there going to be an increase after the 2020? Like we saw like a lot of people losing their jobs and like a lot of businesses going out of business. So what is the trend you're seeing right now? Well, you know, the, the thing that we talk about with the pandemic is that it really hastened certain things. It didn't, it didn't like create whole new sectors of challenges. It just sped things up. For example, uh, people moving out of cities, you know, people that may have moved out of New York, probably most of them were probably going to move out of New York anyway. It just sped that up. Mm -hmm. Um, Automation, which has been, you know, moving forward at a very quick clip during the pandemic, automation increased as well. It just Mm -hmm. sped things up. So it took probably something that would have happened maybe over 10 years or five to 10 years, and it happened in a year and a half, uh, remote work being one of those things, right? All of a sudden, mm-hmm. every single company had to be remote capable and remote efficient. Um, and that was one of the main reasons we wrote the book, actually. And, and we we rushed a forward to the book in March of last year to really highlight the fact that like 
one of the main things that we were, we were talking about and we constantly would talk to companies about is like, you don't want to necessarily find the person that is best in your market. You want to find the person that is best, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that what we're talking about in the book, especially the second half, is all of those skills that any high performer needs to have. And first, we should define what 10X is. For us, 10X is somebody who has a really high IQ. They're very smart, but they also have a very high EQ. They have an emotional quotient that allows them to be human, allows them to relate to people. Um you know, the best projects are the ones where you work with somebody who is also, who's very smart, but also involves you and, and explains things to you and brings you into the fold and shares with you. Um, nobody likes to work with that person that's just sitting in the corner off by themselves doing what they do. You don't even know what they're doing. Um, that tends not to work well in a great uh, work environment and group environment. Um, so the second half of the book is really geared towards what those individuals need to do. Things like finding somebody who is is going to be an advocate for you. We call it the third party effect and having skin yeah. in the game. Skin in the game means that somebody cares about what's going on in your life. They have a vested interest in seeing you succeed. Your manager at your company should have skin in the game. And what do you do to get them to have skin in the game? How do you get to that point, right? Mm-hmm. The third party effect is when that person who has skin in the game or other people talk about you positively. If somebody else talks about you very positively, it's always going to be more effective than you talking about yourself more positively. So, so there's some basic things that we talk to, we talk about what people need to do in order to help push themselves up that ladder. Um, but the, the future market is a very interesting and challenging place. Uh, Michael, I, I think you can address more of like the churn stuff that's going on, which I think will further answer the question. Sure. I, I mean, I think I think what we're seeing right now in the marketplace, which is terrifying for employers, is people have had life changes and and in some ways existential crises over the course crises over the course of COVID, um, and there are a lot of there's sort of a lot of things that are converging to make a perfect storm. So during the pandemic, most people were happy to have a job and weren't messing with it. They weren't going to ask for a raise in that moment. They weren't going to look for another job. It was very static. Mm-hmm. You also had people who were living at home and working from home, many of whom really liked that. Many of them didn't, but you had that dynamic going on. And some of whom never wanted to go back to an office environment again. And some and people you, moved, right? Moved to other and, locations right, to, and people, to work remotely. Right, people moved because they could, and they got they got in touch with living in a different in a different kind of environment and liking it. Mm-hmm. And then the last part is they had this sort of existential piece of, I'm not going to live forever. I almost just died, and I could have died in this pandemic. I want to do something that's really important to m- me and my values, and it's not enough to work for a company that's main purpose is making business and making money. So if you if you put all of those things together. You've got this massive wave of people leaving jobs um, and and also not going back to jobs so that we've got the highest number of jobs open in 20 years. And and frankly, if it keeps going the way it is, it's going to be an unprecedented level in, a, in another month's time. Um, and, and it's really it's really amazing. But what it what it does for employers is it gives you an opportunity to stand out and and really help people understand why they should work at your company. It used to be all about the financial compensation. That's still there, it's still important, but I think the thing that's changed is 
you need to understand why that candidate is looking for a job, what they want out of life, what they want for their future, and then explain to them how your company and your job fits into that. So in our case, we really like helping people. All of the things that we do in our business is, is, is our dreams get fulfilled when our clients, our tech talent, our musical talents, dreams get fulfilled. That's how we- And the customers. The and the customers, customers find a resource that, that fulfills their needs. And that's, that's how we get fulfilled. So when we're hiring somebody, having them understand that if you come work with us, um, you're going to have this amazing experience of helping people live their best lives and that's pretty rewarding. I mean, we woke up yesterday morning to an email from um, a gentleman who we've only been working with for a short period of time, um, former Google employee uh, mm -hmm. in the US, happened to move back to India and is mm -hmm. now doing freelance on a variety of projects. And he just wrote to us a very effusive note about how this was his dream. He wasn't really fulfilled at Google. He wasn't really fulfilled trying to do sort of the freelance thing on his own, but this sort of combination of having us in the, in his corner with him and helping him navigate this is really what he, what it took for him. And we don't get those notes every day. It just happened to be yesterday. So I'm eager to share it. Oh, awesome, um, Michael. That is so awesome, Rishan and Michael. And when you were talking about like, what is happening with this uh, economy, I left my job. I was working in corporate automotive as a engineer. So I left my job this year after 12 years. <laughs> and then I also moved. <laughs> I did that too. So I did all of those and I do work as a as a contractor as a consultant now with because I I just love the flexibility, right? And uh, like whatever you were saying, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not alone. Like there are many of you out there, and there's an article every single day about people choosing to leave their job rather than having to come back to the office, mm -hmm. either because they've moved to a different area and their company said they could work remote forever, and then the company's like, well, actually, you can't work remote forever, mm -hmm. um, or because they they you know they want to have a different work life balance. It's a very, very interesting time. I think the next couple of years, probably two to three years, mm -hmm. are going to be very transitional. Um, mm -hmm. I do think that there will be a lot that comes back to quote unquote normal, mm -hmm. um, assuming that we can truly get the pandemic under control, which is you know, still debatable uh, mm -hmm. at the moment. Everybody get vaccines. Please get yes. your vaccines. <laughs> I did. Um, <laughs> um, but this is know, so, so I, important, Rishan. Yeah. I love that, like the like the way you explain, like how the book really helps to like individuals who are trying to look for a way out, like look for different ways where they can like still like they can leverage their talents. And you have that with like you are already providing and supporting that. And that later, Michael, which you received, that is that is also such a great thing, right? Whatever we want to do, like your goals, your vision, your mission, when someone like reply back, like people working for you, even the clients, like it just shows that we are adding to the economy, right? We are actually bringing hope to everyone yeah. and uh, really leveraging that piece with your book, like how to change our management method and like really how to attract the clients, like what changes we have to make as a company so that we can attract this talents who are looking into a way out after this economic changes. So I think I love the whole concept of the books and I know that it's for sure a hit and I'm going to get a copy, which I said in my last episode too. So <laughs> have uh, you gotten it yet? Yeah. I need to get <laughs> it's interesting that we are recording in both the, both the interviews at the same time. <laughs> 
So I'm going to get the copy soon. But let's let's talk about how someone can get the copy, Rishan and Michael, and uh, get the copy of Game Changer, the book, and also where they can reach out to you if they are looking, if the employers are looking for the talents. And even even yeah. if there's any talents who are listening to our uh, interview today, how they can reach out to you, like to find what are the different ways they can be also employed with their next best clients. <laughs> Go for it, Michael. Um, so the easiest way to get to us is 10xmanagement.com. And if you're talent and you're looking to, to apply and join us, um, at the very bottom of the page, you'll find a link, a link for that. Um, and for the companies who need very high-level tech freelancers, um, you, as soon as you come to the site, it will be very easy to find um, how, how you engage with us and our phone number's there. And it's, it's pretty easy to get in touch with us. Um, Tell them how to get the book, Michael. The book is available on all of the major book retailers, and it's also available um, via our book website, cleverly entitled GameChangerTheBook.com. Um, on that site, in addition to information about the book, there are two quizzes, one that allows you to see how, how 10X is your company, and the other quiz allows you to see how 10X are you, um, and it'll, get, it'll give you a few pointers as you as you come out of that. So that's great. Um, and our social media and our, all our contact info is available there. And we're also on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Thank you so well much, done. Michael Rishan, for being here today with me. And I will be putting all that details in the show notes today. So thank you so much. And thank you for sharing all your wisdom today in the show. Thank you for having Beautiful. us. Thank you. So today we only had this much time with Rishan and Michael. If you want to learn more about them, as Michael suggested, all the links I, and the social media, I will be putting that in the show notes so you can reach out to them. Please do get their book, Game Changer. It sounds game changing for your business. And even for you, if you're looking for that change uh, to go into freelancing and to live that lifestyle of nomad and uh, really have that flexibility. Talk to you all soon. Show up in your life, in your business to like really go to the next level. Bye. I honor you for your energy and time to show up till the end and listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please do take a minute to rate and review my show and share it with others who needs it the most. This would mean world to me. Remember, your positive intentions, your presence, and your positive energy is contagious to attract the positive result. Talk to you soon. Stay tuned until the next episode.